Hey, hey, my name is Brett Bivens, and this is Venture Desktop. Venture Desktop is an ongoing exploration of the ideas and trends shaping the innovation economy. Each week, I share learnings from what I'm picking up on the ground as I invest in and support early-stage technology companies that are playing a fundamental role in powering progress. You can subscribe, get all the links from today's audio essay, and read the full archive at VentureDesktop.com. This essay, Patient Innovation, Co-Opetition, and Competitive Advantage, about why Spotify is a bellwether for broader shifts in economic power and consumer demand, was initially published on May 11, 2020. Some companies are bellwethers for shifts in economic power and consumer demand taking place well beyond the core markets or value chains they are most associated with. This, even more than my personal interest as a consumer and early-stage investor in audio and media, is what draws me to Spotify. Specifically, there are three intertwining elements I find so fascinating about Spotify and the company's strategic considerations. One, Spotify embodies the core challenge faced by the European technology ecosystem more than any other company. Two, the company's fraught web of co-opetition composed of suppliers, investors, and distributors is emblematic of our shift away from an industry-centric view of competition to one of what I call economic oceans. And three, these competitive dynamics have forced Spotify to innovate patiently, a posture that may become more common as the operational pendulum shifts away from the move fast and break things ethos of the last 15 years. Below, I go deeper into these three bellwether traits and pull some ideas from a Twitter thread to tie them to how they're impacting Spotify's ability to climb the ambient media ladder. Spotify and European tech. I moved to Europe two years ago after following the venture ecosystem here closely for many years. Despite ongoing challenges with fragmentation, the market has found its footing in a major way. In the last five years, venture capital invested in Europe grew 124% as investors from around the globe recognized the quality of talent and the global ambitions possessed by founders starting companies across the continent. Europe is still, however, stuck in the middle between the global power of the American giants and the seemingly unrelenting rise of the Chinese tech platforms. Spotify is a microcosm of this challenge, and their ability to execute in the face of mounting pressure from both directions over the next decade will be a barometer for Europe's ability to compete. Whether it's Apple with iPhone and increasingly AirPods, Amazon with Alexa, Google with Search, ByteDance with TikTok, or Tencent with its portfolio of games and social products, each of Spotify's main competitors view their music and audio streaming businesses as complements to a more attractive core business. Spotify, of course, bears the brunt of this as these companies all seek to aggressively commoditize their complementary adjacencies. Coopetition and Economic Oceans It's hard to think of another company who is locked in deeper coopetition with its suppliers and distributors than Spotify. On one side, a twisted web of ownership with record labels and Tencent Music, and on the other side, a reliance on competitor-owned platforms like the App Store and Google Play Store for distribution. This structural conflict has forced the company to be very measured in the way it releases new product features or attacks new business models. The blurring line between partnership and competition will become commonplace for almost every company moving forward, as our notion of who occupies a given value chain shifts from an industry-centric view to one that considers the much more dynamic notion of economic oceans. Quote, These economic oceans, work, well-being, cities, media, commerce, and industry, aren't individual industries, verticals, or trends, and aren't defined by specific technologies or business models. Instead, they're best viewed as massive pools of attention and economic value that are, to draw back to the ocean analogy, deep, complex, overlapping, and, as we're currently witnessing in real time, often quite fragile. And while the categorization is not comprehensive, we can observe that many of the most impactful companies built over the last decade, 
Square, Uber, Peloton, even Zoom, have been built at the intersection and with an innate understanding of at least two or three of these economic oceans. Coming back to Spotify, it's clear that it can't compete with the scale and built-in distribution of competitors like Apple Music and YouTube Music, and is limited by the systemic vice grip that the record labels have on the industry. Thus, the company's been forced to seek another form of edge. Patient innovation and time arbitrage. This edge, it seems, is time arbitrage. More specifically, the company's grown comfortable with innovating patiently in a way that cuts against the gospel of move fast and break things. One of the strongest sources of competitive advantage for a company is a differing time horizon. It's also one of the hardest to attain because operating with a longer-term outlook than competitors tends to start off almost entirely behavioral. With the number of decisions made across a global organization every day, competitive advantage derived from a long-term perspective can unravel quite quickly unless a company develops both a cultural and structural orientation towards the long-term that competitors cannot. We've touched on the structural elements of Spotify's time arbitrage in the two prior sections. The flip side of facing down competitors seeking to commoditize its core value proposition is that Spotify has the benefit of focus. This focus is translated into a differentiated user experience that has allowed them to incrementally shift the leverage in their various cooperative relationships over time. Sustaining the structural and cultural time arbitrage advantage depends on strong leadership capable of embedding an almost stoic disposition in the culture, never accepting short-term gains that come at the expense of long-term advantage. From my perspective as a 100% outsider to the company, Spotify's culture and thus its strategy seems fully geared towards this type of patient innovation. This is evident in the strategic decisions the company's made in recent years and shines through in interviews Daniel Eck and top other executives have done recently. This measured patience isn't just a nice to have for Spotify, it's really existential, and the company understands this. Of course, there's a variation of the Keynes quote, uh, the market can remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent at play here. It's entirely possible that the long-term game being played by Spotify gets compromised because its competition is simply too powerful, too flush with cash, and operating with much more unencumbered business models. To use one example, Tencent Music and SiriusXM, while both formidable companies, are hardly the biggest competitive threats to Spotify. But as we can see in the chart below, which is also in the show notes, they both operate with, which, with what seem to be much more sustainable business models, enabled by fewer competitive pressures than Spotify. And I've shown that through uh, EBITDA margin of the three companies. Um, Spotify's EBITDA margin of 0.1% compares pretty unfavorably to Tencent Music's 17.7% EBITDA margin and Sirius's 28.5% EBITDA margin. But even with these uphill battles in mind, my sense, and as we'll go deeper into just after this, is that Spotify is making the right moves as they look to climb the ambient media ladder and move from weaker form behavioral competitive advantage to something resembling true platform power. Now, continuing the discussion from above, I've pulled out my thoughts on Spotify uh, from a thread on Twitter that sort of frames Spotify's strategic ladder in the context of all of the things that we've talked about just before and shows how their patience is starting to pay off. So we're entering the age of ambient media, and Spotify's recent moves show that they want to be a central player in this new paradigm. This is evident in recent launches like Harry Potter at Home, video podcasts, and artist fundraising pick in partnership with Cash App. First, it's important to understand what ambient media is and why it matters, both generally and for Spotify. At a high level, and there's links in the show notes that go deeper into this, the rise of AirPods, smart speakers, and other wearable devices, while may not you know, signal a true platform shift, undoubtedly represents a transformational evolution in the way that we'll consume media. And this emerging paradigm of distributed eyes-up device interaction 
directly benefits audio more than other content categories. Spotify, by nature of saying that they're an audio-first company, obviously stands to benefit and looks to benefit from this kind of shift. An overlooked bull case for Spotify has always been their business model leverage. The low-margin streaming business that we kind of touched on earlier actually sets up huge opportunities in adjacent areas and means that they may have future high-margin opportunities hiding in, in plain sight. This strong business model leverage means that over time, they have the opportunity to be potentially the first negative churn consumer subscription company through features that improve retention and actually create expansion revenue opportunities. They've always also been upstream data-wise of new offerings to, com- to create this negative churn dynamic. They're starting to take advantage of this positioning through the aforementioned uh, Harry Potter initiative, which is kind of eBooks, as well as their work in health and wellness. A defining feature of ambient media is that it's contextual. We have different consumption preferences while walking than while sitting on the couch. New audio categories partially bridge the contextual gap, but doing video right would be a major leap for them. And there is one catch to all of this. All of this hinges on Spotify's being able to reconfigure its supplier relationships by shifting leverage with labels and eventually building more direct channels to creators. That's where artist fundraising pick comes in, in partnership with Cash App. Because of the rise of what I've called clampetition, um, which is essentially companies using the current economic and social situation to do things that are both classy and good for their customers and user base, as well as uh, competitively minded, Spotify finally has carte blanche to innovate, and its moves in the coming quarter, I think, will be coming quarters, will be a good indication of their prospects for the next decade. Now, as I've said throughout the piece, I think Spotify is making the right moves and catching some for- fortunate breaks, but. Another feature, of course, of their ladder that we've talked about throughout is the boss-level foe that they need to survive at every rung. First the labels, then Amazon, and Apple, and Google, and then TikTok. You know, a competition slide like the one that you can find in the show notes with all of those companies listed. Uh, incredible businesses, incredible global companies leaves no question about what Spotify's up against. Thank you for tuning into this edition of Venture Desktop. To get the latest, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also subscribe for free to my weekly newsletter at VentureDesktop.com or come chat with me on Twitter. I'm at Brett Bivens. I look forward to seeing you next time.